research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view, this is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, everyone. This is Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. Seated across the table from me, Eric Eggers. Eric, how are you? I'm a little uncomfortable with the way you so casually made eye contact <laughs> and the camera. Like, Look at you leaning into the new era. I'm getting better. Yeah. I am getting better. Moving from analog to digital. I'm a little <laughs> bit behind there. We're going to talk today about the unfolding drama involving the Bidens. This is a very familiar story to us at GAI and I think to the audience because we were really the first ones to break major news about the Biden deals overseas. We've been on it for five years. But the dominoes continue to fall. Uh, Devin Archer testifying, or I shouldn't say testifying, talking, taking questions from the House Oversight Committee. We're going to talk about that. Who exactly is Devin Archer? And it's a name that we've known about for a really long time. And you, the fact that you just say Devin Archer, people are like, who? This is Hunter Biden's close associate, business associate, guy that's been on the ground floor. He's also a great example of a couple key principles, not the least of which is like, who does Hunter Biden do business with? Yes. People like this. Yes. And this is a guy who uh, really was at the conception uh, of a lot of what was going on. Then we want to talk about the system of justice in America and use the Devin Archer and Hunter Biden cases to explain why there is even different systems of justice among business partners. These are two business partners who set up numerous businesses together. One has faced serious legal consequences uh, for what he's done. Uh, that's Devin Archer, where Hunter Biden, his name was not even allowed to be mentioned uh, at certain uh, uh, criminal uh, trials. Uh, and then we finally want to talk about the ongoing situation uh, with the whistleblowers, uh, with the entire Hunter Biden investigation. We're at a critical juncture. You hear that said a lot of times, but we really are because the investigation is now moving from just gathering information to actually talking to people who are at the table uh, and making those deals. Yeah, so the, the fact that Devin Archer is in the, will be in the news this week and is in the news is an excellent representation of everything that we've been talking about for five years as it relates to Hunter Biden. It's the shady nature of the types of businesses and business people he associates with. It is the fact that others, I think, face criminal prosecution and just real world consequences for their conduct, while Hunter does not. And I think the fact that Devin Archer has been indicted and <laughs> found guilty of things, while Hunter Biden's plea deal, his sweetheart deal with the Department of Justice, has been now, I think, been held up to the light and scrutinized <laughs> and plainly rejected by yeah. an actual judge once again shows like that the way that the Bidens like to do business and it takes people from the outside like the House Oversight Committee or other judges to be like, no, this isn't going to work. Yeah. So let's begin, first of all, with Devin Archer. Who is he? We've known about Devin Archer since 2017, uh, and he is somebody that's known the Bidens for a while. Um, you know, going back to the Yale days, uh, he and Hunter were very close. Uh, he later went and worked in the fundraising financing capacity for the John Kerry campaign uh, in uh, 2004. 
Uh, and then in 2009, when Hunter Biden started setting up these businesses, now that his dad's vice president, he needs to have an international business. Uh, what does he do? Devin Archer is the guy who really sets up the gut. So it's Hunter, it's 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 uh, a Rosemont Seneca Partners, it's Rosemont Seneca of Technology Partners, it's Rosemont Seneca Advisory, it's Burnham Asset Management. They set up a whole cluster of businesses to do deals overseas. Devin Archer is there for every one of them, and I think you could argue that the real kind of brains behind how this thing was structured and set up is probably more Devin Archer than Hunter Biden. I think it's Devin Archer, not Hunter Biden. And also, I think there's a certain, let's call it moral flexibility that Devin Archer possesses because you, you mentioned that he used to raise money for the John Kerry campaign. They actually used to be in business with John Kerry's stepson, Chris they Hines. Did. They and did. And the three of them had set up several different businesses together. And it was, I think Chris Hines said, um, this really this Chinese. <laughs> this is even too sketchy yeah, for me. I mean, that's the point, right? <laughs> so you've got you've got John Kerry steps right. and at some point says, "No, I'm I'm good actually. I, like I recognize there's money to be made, but I don't want to make money like this." Yes, and so he walks away. Devin Archer stays, doubles down, continues to do business with Hunter Biden, and yeah, it's everything from they get put on the board with Burisma together, the Ukrainian natural gas company. They set up this joint venture along with Whitey Bulger's nephew, I think, right? right. The, the mobster. Yeah, they're in the, this deal with China. So again, like who is Hunter Biden setting up businesses with? This is the government of China, right? And they're like, hey, we'll do a business deal. We'll do this first ever financial venture with the son of the vice president and a relative of a famous mobster. Like that's yeah. who we wanted. That's who we want the Chinese money doing business with. But that's what they did. Yeah, and, and so yeah, and, and and to your point, every step to look at the major deals that Hunter Biden was involved in the China BHR deal. That's the Chinese government pouring billions of dollars into a private equity fund. They set up a finance company to run it. Hunter Biden gets a board slot and an ownership stake. Who also gets a board slot and an ownership stake? Devin Archer. When Hunter Biden joins the board of Burisma, the Ukrainian energy company, he gets $83,000 a month, a million dollars a year in a board slot. Who also gets the board slot and gets paid? That would be Devin Archer. And when you go through the Hunter Biden laptop, you see a lot of bromance uh, between these guys. Uh, you know, there's 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 just clearly a lot of affection, a lot of camaraderie. Uh, and then in 2015, 2016, uh-oh, there's legal problems. They have a, a company they set up together called Burnham Asset Management. Uh, Devin Archer's the chairman. Hunter's the vice chairman. And the accusation is, and a jury found uh, you know, Devin Archer guilty for this, is that they ripped off the poorest Indian <laughs> tribe in America, the Ugalala Sioux, in a $60 billion fraudulent bond deal. Now, Devin Archer says, not guilty. I didn't do it. I was a victim here. I didn't make any money. Uh, a jury found differently. But what's interesting, and this kind of brings us to the second area, this disparate approach to criminal justice is they throw the book at Devin Archer. What happens to Hunter Biden when it comes to the Indian bond scheme? Yeah, Hunter Biden was actually not mentioned at all in the trial. I think there was actually a legal admonition from the judge saying, we will not make Hunter Biden. You, uh, Mr. Archer's defense attorneys, are not allowed to mention Hunter Biden, even though he was a vice mm -hmm. chairman of the company. Yep. And in an article uh, about this back in the 2018 trial, the attorney said that Mr. Archer told his clients that Hunter Biden had joined Burnham in 2015. But he wasn't paid a salary, but he was you know, being used to drum up business for the firm. 
The quote was, Hunter Biden, quote, was part of this deal, Mr. Archer's attorney said, during the 2018 trial. He was part of that deal, and uh, his name was not allowed to be mentioned. We actually had a researcher from GAI that attended that trial and found it very, very interesting that Hunter Biden's name didn't come up except in a couple of cases when witnesses were brought forward. So the Indian bond scheme was basically raising money for the Ugalala Sioux to um, develop some businesses on the reservation. That money allegedly was diverted. Uh, that's where Archer was, uh, uh, was charged in this fraud. But the money, the capital that went into it was raised using Hunter Biden's name. In fact, there was a guy who I think it was the Omaha uh, School District Pension Fund for teachers put millions of dollars into this and and he was on the stand and he was asked well why did you guys invest in this bond scheme uh, and he said because hunter biden's name was on it he was the son of the vice president we assumed that this thing would be legit so his name came up but he was never charged uh he was never um uh, uh you know faced any legal jeopardy and devin archer was convicted and found guilty there was also another twist involving the judge in this case yeah the judge was a graduate of yale law school where both hunter and devin archer went and so there was some suspicion that there might have been reportedly they knew each other in some capacity yeah so people like raised flags about that and it's one of the reasons why at some point um, the judge actually vacated the sentence that yes. Devin Archer received yeah. and said, no, and it was that was super weird. <laughs> it, it was really weird because let's remember, this was a jury trial. Yeah. The jury came forward and said guilty. Uh, I think he was sentenced to a year in jail and restitution of you know tens of millions of dollars is what the jury found. The judge said, no, I don't think that's necessary and basically vacated the sentence, which is extremely unusual. But then a... Another judge came, the prosecutors appealed it. Another judge came and said, no, that's ridiculous. Uh, you know, guilty as the jury found and these penalties stand. But it just shows you that that's, I think, the mind, the mindset of the mentality of the Bidens and their crew, right? That they think they can operate above the law. And they have, in fact, in many ways, because the question is, well, why didn't Hunter Biden face any charges for this deal? Uh, his defense through his attorneys said he had no knowledge of the scheme and that our Devin Archer had used his name without his knowledge or permission. Um, but if you look at the laptop, we have Hunter Biden recording himself saying, I'm receiving calls from the Southern District of New York from the U.S. attorney himself. My best friend in business, Devin, has named me as a witness without telling me in a criminal case and my father without telling me. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, they essentially took Hunter Biden's word for it. Yeah, they took Hunter Biden's word for it, uh, even though he's the vice chairman. Uh, of this entity it's not a huge entity and you know what it reminds me of is it, it reminds me of joe biden's defense whenever he's asked about <laughs> hunter biden he's never like, talked business we got this covered guys <laughs> All you're i've never heard of this right right <laughs> i have no knowledge of this business deal and that's that was good enough for hunter biden yeah and so that kind of brings us to where we are with with Devin Archer. So very important business partner. Uh, he's convicted. Uh, he is forced to leave the Chinese uh, you know investment firm where he's on the board. Hunter Biden keeps his spot. Uh, Devin Archer is dropped. Um, he also has some complications with Barisma. Uh, Devin's not involved in these future deals like the CEFC energy deal. But this I think explains why Devin Archer's pretty angry. Because he feels like he took the fall for this. He insists he's innocent. I think there's, you know, the jury found otherwise, and there's a, a lot of evidence presented in the case. But nonetheless, whatever my opinion or his is, he was clearly the target by the Southern District of New York. 
Hunter Biden, not a target at all. And that brings us to the present point where now Devin Archer has been asked, subpoenaed to appear before this committee, uh, the oversight committee. And he has all the signs that he is spilling the beans based on some of the testimony that's already come out. Yeah, there's been reporting that he's expected to say that on at least two dozen occasions that Hunter Biden would put Joe Biden on the phone when they were meeting with their business clients. And that's really the key, right? I think what De- what can Devin Archer do? Why does it matter that Hunter Biden's business associate is speaking to House Oversight Republicans? And the reason is, is because he potentially has intimate knowledge. You mentioned the bromance. He has an intimate knowledge of the way that the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden relationship impacted the business deals that Hunter Biden, Devin Archer and others would have received. He's going to know and he's potentially able to testify how much, if any knowledge, did Joe Biden have of the Chinese joint venture? How much knowledge did he have when they joined the Ukrainian energy firm? How much knowledge, how much influence did Joe Biden actually have when he made phone calls to Ukraine and Potentially, I mean, that's really the crux of the issue, right? Devin Archer will know what influence or what pressure Joe Biden would have inserted in Ukraine to try to get the prosecutor dropped from the case. Yeah, that, that's very possible. And, and and But you make, I think, a crucially important point, because let's remember what the Bidens have done here. First, they said there were no deals. Uh, then they said there were deals, but Joe had no knowledge. Their position now is essentially that Joe was not a business partner. And when things come up, like some of the text messages that have come up where Hunter was texting somebody saying, my dad's sitting next to me. What has the Biden defense been? That's just Hunter just making threats. Joe wasn't by his side. You now have Devin Archer saying, Oh, you know, he he was very accessible to his dad and his he called his dad and business partners talked to his dad. That is very powerful testimony. And the Democrat position seems to be to attack Devin Archer to say, well, this is a guy that has been convicted of fraud in a deal that involved a business that Hunter Biden himself was involved. I mean, yes, that's true, but I don't think you're making the point you think you're making. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, but but even even more to the point, you know, look, I, when, when you are talking about witnesses like this helping uh, uncover criminal activity, which is what we believe has happened with the Bidens, you know, it's like when they go after the mafia, you're not going to get, you know, like a squeaky clean guy in a neighborhood to spill the beans on what's going on. You're relying on people that are involved in the alleged criminal activity. I mean, you, you know, they, they get mafia hitmen to turn on the bosses. Uh, so the fact that, that Devin Archer has this kind of background um, and, and, you know, was convicted in this case should, in my mind, have no bearing on the testimony. Uh, and it seems to me that what he wants to do is simply tell the truth. I don't know Devin Archer. I've talked to him on the phone, uh, probably for ten or fifteen minutes. This is you personally, yeah, me personally. And and but and my view is that that um, you know he he believes he's innocent. I'll let the evidence there speak for itself, whatever people believe, but that he feels angry. He feels like he was burned and he wants to be honest and transparent. And if what he says is supported by the evidence that's out there, and I think it already is based on what he said and what's coming out, the Bidens now have a serious problem. And I don't know, Eric, what's your fallback position now? If Devin Archer is saying these things, he got on the phone, he, he invoked his dad's name, he put his dad on the phone with his business partners, 
what's the fallback position from here? Well, and let's not forget what we talked about last week. The, 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 the most recent revelation, potentially a bombshell, is because of Chuck Grassley releasing that 1023 form about the confidential human source that allegedly spoke to the FBI. I mean, they, he did speak to the FBI back in 2020. So the, the human source is telling uh, the FBI back then, and now we know that the House Oversight people have been told that the gentleman that was in charge of Burisma, the Ukrainian company that employed Devin Archer and employed Hunter Biden, says he has recordings in which he had to pay, you know, he was threatened and made to pay money, extortion money, essentially, to Hunter Biden and to Joe Biden. So you got Devin Archer, a guy that worked for that company, the CEO of which is saying, no, I had to pay Joe Biden $5 million. If Devin Archer is able to support that, I mean, what else are you looking for? Yeah, yeah. And 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 here's the thing. We we don't know if that happened. We don't know if that happened if Devin Archer had knowledge of it. I mean, one of the interesting things when you look at the Bidens is this is what happened in the Tony Bobolinsky case, that money you know was supposed to go into this business, uh, Sinohawk, I think it was called, or Hudson West. Uh, it was supposed to fund this infrastructure company. Hunter had that money diverted to his personal account without telling his partners. So it's conceivable that if Devin Archer says, I don't know about a pay- payment from Burisma, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. Right. It will be interesting to be what to to see ultimately what he says here. But the bottom line is that he can add a lot of granular detail. And to me, it's another brick in the wall that um, is showing uh, how the Bidens are culpable and how they're guilty. And again, I don't know what their fallback position is going to be, because every time they try to mount some defense, there's more evidence and more information that comes forward. Yeah. Meanwhile, I do think that, to your point, the wall's getting bigger. Uh, it's ironic that we're talking about building a wall with Joe Biden and not you know the previous <laughs> president. But I would say that between that and between the fact that they, they appear to be working quite uh, diligently to protect Hunter Biden, and those efforts are now failing. We saw that come out with uh, the plea deal that essentially fell apart in front of the judge. But yeah. and, and it was interesting because you've got like you raise these concerns about potentially nefarious behavior on part of the president who's the head of the executive branch. And one of the reasons why they tried to get this plea deal through, this plea deal, which everyone says a sweetheart deal, it appears to be facing no consequences. And there was even some disagreement about whether or not Hunter Biden is would potentially face future charges for violations of the FAIR Act operation. Right. And so the judge is like asking all these follow-up questions. But initially, the lawyer's position was, judge doesn't have a role to play in this because it should fall under the executive branch. I mean, right. just think about that. His lawyers... Yeah. And even the the lawyers for the government are saying, no, 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 like we're the executive branch lawyers. So this isn't a deal for you to ask questions. Thank goodness she did, which I think, I mean, all we're asking for, all you've been doing and what we've focused on for the last five years, trying to get additional scrutiny. Yes. Hey, people that matter, judges, lawyers, right? Prosecutors, FBI agents, you should look at this. Yeah. Because it ha- seems like there's a lot here. Yeah. And have the truth come out. Have the truth come out. I mean, I've always said I'm not an attorney. I'm not a criminal defense attorney. I don't know what the law um, where the law stands in these particular cases but have the information come out and it's been the resistance uh, that the bidens have had on this matter to pretend that it doesn't exist to pretend that phone calls don't exist that money transfers don't exist anytime a public official tries to cover up it means they have something that they need to cover up that i think is a very fair assumption doesn't matter if you're looking at a republican or at a democrat so we're now at the stage where we're entering the sort of inner realm of Biden 
aides and Biden partners that are starting to testify. We're going to have the House Oversight Committee has got more financial records coming in. Remember, they only had four of 12 banks. And I think they announced they had two more. Now they've got six of 12 banks. But that's still six to go. It is still six to go. And then you've got these sort of let's just call them weird ass banks out there like banks in Malta that the Biden's Hunter Biden at least had an accountant. Maybe Joe did too. We don't know. We don't know if the Maltese banks are going to turn over their financial records to Congress. We'll see. Uh, But this starts to get real uh, hinky for the Bidens. I don't know if that's the right word. You frowned at that word. It it gets really troublesome for the Bidens because the noose is tightening and I have not seen any evidence pop up that counters this narrative, that that counters the evidence that's already out there. I made that face because there's a scene in the movie The Fugitive with Tommy Lee Jones and one of his... Uh, Do I remind you one, of Tommy Lee Jones? In so many ways. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he says that one of his... Marshall says, I don't know, it just seems hinky. Tommy Lee Jones says, hinky. What does that word mean? Hinky. <laughs> but I think in, in this case, it means exactly this. It means what Hunter Biden does. That everything he does, we now have a definition of the word hinky. It is the nature and the, the, the level of quality of the associates and the businesses that Hunter Biden and his associates have been involved in. And, and you're exactly right. So, I mean, and it's easy each week, oh, well, then this thing happened. But if you step back and say, well, wait a minute, what do we now have? And what has yeah. come as the House Republicans have have mounted this? You now have whistleblowers from the FBI. Uh, you have the guy, Gal Luft, who said, no, I told you guys back in 2018 that I saw people from this Chinese energy company paying Hunter Biden money. Uh, you now have the confidential human source saying, I've heard recordings of the Brism executive saying he was forced to bribe Joe Biden. You have now testimony from Hunter Biden's one of his best friends and closest business partners who's now going to be testifying or, or giving information. So I do think like if there's something there, they're now at least talking to the right people. They are. And here's the irony, by the way, you mentioned Gil Luft, the uh, Israeli uh, arms dealer who's now being charged by our Department of Justice, claims he has information on the Bidens. Here's the irony. He's being charged under the Foreign Agents Registration <laughs> Act, FARA, which is what they have so far, the DOJ has turned a blind eye to, and the IRS whistleblowers say they were prevented from investigating. Charge, he's being charged under FARA, which they have not charged Hunter Biden under, and even they have emails that said, hey, should we be registered as foreign agents? <laughs> and they're charging him as being FARA violations for working with a company that Hunter Biden was a business partner with. It's exactly right. It just shows this two-tier uh, system of justice. So look, where does that leave us? I think it leaves us with a very fundamental question, and that is, is the criminal justice system going to do its job? Not a lot of evidence that it is going to do it. And that brings us to the second larger question, which is, what are the American people going to do about it? I mean, do we have we reached a point in America where you can offshore your corruption by having your adult children as a powerful politician, the most powerful, the president of the United States, that you can offshore that have your kids do these deals in China with Chinese government. And you can say, well, it doesn't touch me. You don't have direct evidence that I got money. Uh, is that really the point at that we are in, in, in America? And I think time is going to tell. I still hold up hope that we're going to get some movement on the criminal justice side. But I got to tell you, the whistleblower's testimony uh, from the IRS and the FBI has been powerfully discouraging well I'm, I'm sorry sorry to hear you say that i'm laughing because you think that it's going to be you know it becomes a sort of a political question yeah and i want to say you know who else agrees with you hunter biden's attorneys because during their oh god during, no this is great this is like to me like the best part of the when the judge is asking these questions and so the judge says hey so if i were to think that the facts presented in what you guys have done 
Uh, the facts have been presented to me suggest that the investigation was lacking or that more serious charges should have been brought. Is it within my power to ask or direct the United States attorney or the attorney general of the United States to redo the investigation and bring more charges? The judge asks both lawyers this, the lawyers for Hunter yep. Biden yep. and the lawyer for the government. Mm-hmm. And they both say, I don't believe so, Your Honor. No, <laughs> no, but listen. And, and the guy says, no, it would raise serious, massive separation of power questions if that was to be taken. So the judge says, okay, so if that decision about what charges to bring isn't for the prosecutor uh, as part of the executive branch, he says, okay, but if there was failures in the investigation or if the charges brought were inappropriate, how would that get addressed in our form of government? The judge is asking these lawyers yeah. that. Yeah. And the, the lawyer says, well, that would be through the political process, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> so they're basically saying, hey, let the election sort this out. The problem is, as we saw in 2020, if the news media and big tech is not reporting on this, how can it? Right. I mean, it shows the, the absolute dysfunction. Uh, basically, they want the criminal justice system to punt on this. Of course, they're not punting on it when it comes to Trump or when it comes to Republicans who have been charged uh, for fair violations, et cetera. It's 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 remarkable to me um, what has happened. And you look at the polls and you see how the the trust in American institutions like the FBI that used to be seen as a solid law enforcement institution uh, has really substantially declined because people don't trust it anymore. Well, and it's uh, hard to blame them, I guess, at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, it's hard to blame them. Well, you've spent another uh, 20 minutes to half an hour with the uh, team at GAI discussing our investigative work and the investigative work that is in the headlines, uh, really, which is something we take great pride in. Um, we always feel if we're going to investigate something, it needs to be something big, something important, and we need to do it in a thorough way. And that is what we have done when it's come to Hunter Biden. And we are glad to see that it's now coming to fruition. The American people see what's going on in their government. And they can start to do something about it. I mean, it's got to be wildly validating for you. And I think it is validating for us as an organization for having been focused on this, reporting on it for five years. And now you see people in Congress actually talking to people that you've reported on, Devin Archer. We sent a researcher, as you noted, to go to the trial because there's uh, this is the key, right? The relationship between Hunter Biden and Devin Archer is the key to kind of unpacking the Joe Biden Hunter Biden relationship, and yep. so that's that's now five years later being validated in the halls of Congress. So, uh, I mean, that is the good news, I think. If you so, not to be too depressed. The other good news is if you're, um, you know, you might have spent twenty minutes listening to Peter depress you, <laughs> but at least it looks better, right? I mean, if you're if you're just listening to the podcast, you really should check out what's happening on YouTube because uh, you know we're a TV. Show now. Yes, we are a TV show, and you could look at my mug and uh, Eric with his nice tan and athletic chiseled uh, features. Uh, you could enjoy us uh, video as hey, well. Hey, don't don't sell yourself. That's a very nice Orvis shirt. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> You bring thank a lot you. to the table. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I'm sure that's uh, that's the reason we're going to video is my wardrobe. <laughs> well, thank you all for joining us. As always, uh, we will continue to update on what's going on with Hunter Biden and our other investigations. You can find this podcast and some of our reporting at thedrilldown.com or wherever fine podcasts can be found. Thanks for joining us. Until next time.